Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Well, good morning. Praise the Lord. So, after last week, did you folks spend some time with the Lord and just kind of guard that time, put that hedge around it, so you could just sit there and listen to Him, what the Holy Spirit had for you? I tell you, that's one thing that just uh, really rose up into me is just that weight, that weight on the Lord. He's got good things for us. We just need to wait, and it'll happen in the right time. All right, well, let's open with prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just give you thanks and praise for this day. We thank you for the blessing of being your children, Father God, of being in the family of God. We thank you, Father, that you do love us and care for us, and Father, that you do, by your Spirit, give us wisdom and understanding and utterance. And Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Well, welcome, everybody, and to you folks online. Praise God. Well, today we're going to be studying Ephesians 3, uh, the second of the prayers in the book of Ephesians. And so, starting at Ephesians 3, verse 14, it says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. And now unto him, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. So I was doing some, I was using Bob Yandian's book in Ephesians, his commentary. There was a couple of interesting things I noticed that in, he said that in most of the manuscripts, it doesn't say, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It says, I bow my knees to the Father. I thought, well, what difference does that make? Well, it depends how you read it. Because if you bow your knees to the Father, for whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, or do you bow your knees to Jesus, for whom the whole family in <laughs> It's kind of a weird thing in there. But what it was, I bow my knees before the Father, for whom, the whole, whom every family in heaven and earth is named. I just jumped to the Amplified, forgive me. <laughs> that the Father from whom all fatherhood takes his title and derives his name. It's interesting that, uh, you know, especially with all the stuff that's going on today with um, genders, you know, the, I mean, we don't even know how many genders are, they think they have out there. We know there's only two, but what they think, you know. But it t it's interesting that he uses that word in, in the Amplified as he takes it out. It says, that father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. So there is a father, there is a mother, there is a man, there is a woman. God made us that way. So as I was reading down through this and making some notes, 
It's interesting that we got it back into power again. In verse 16, in the Amplified, it says, May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened. Now, if you remember last week, we talked about the different kinds of strength. In this case, it's kratos, your ruling power. So you're strengthened with ruling power and reinforced with mighty power, which is dunamis, the inherent power. So you see in both prayers, he's talking about power that's in you by the Holy Ghost. So in the inner man, by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. So there's some interesting things here when we think about power. And I was, I was thinking about this a little more and praying about it. You know, the power is the power to change you. See, I, in the power that God has given each one of us, I can't change you. And you can't change me. One of those things about being free will and being, <clears throat> excuse me, a, a child of God, he is not going to allow us to change other people. What he wants is for us to change ourselves. If we change ourselves, then we have, <clears throat> excuse me, we have the ability to influence others. And that power that works in us, excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me, oh, I think I got that cleared out. That, that I may have got the power out there. Um, so that, that power if we use it correctly, we're, we're looking inward. So I'm looking inward to myself as to what Christ has for me. What's the Holy Spirit got for me? What am I supposed to be doing with this power? Well, this power is in me to affect me in such a way that I can affect the area around me. That's what we're here for. We're to affect, uh, when, when in... in um, Exodus, when it talked about Moses, he says, take your shoes off because you're staying on holy ground. We stand on holy ground. I move into that area of affecting. Right now, I'm affecting you. You've allowed me to. So the pastor has given me permission to be up here to speak, but yet you came. So you're allowing me to affect you. Now, see, I can be affected by you if I look out there and I see people going... That kind of tells me I'm maybe not quite reaching like I should. <laughs> but the power to affect people is, is important because we are here to influence people for Christ. We want people to understand Christ is the way. And if we don't allow that power to work in us to do that, our witness is very shallow. It's very shallow. We need that power of the Holy Ghost. In it. We have that ruling power and that inherent power. So in verse 17 it says, May Christ through your faith actually dwell, settle down, abide, and make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. So the power that works in me has to work by what? has to work by love. Faith works by love. The power that is in me works by love. The power that is in you works by love. If you don't have love, it means nothing. 
we don't have we don't have influence. We don't have the power of God working us, and it is rooted. I got to thinking about rooted deeply in love. Um, Luann and I were having a conversation the other day because um, I had to go to the doctor and get a couple things, and they gave me a mental health uh, assessment, which I failed. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm not going to go there. But <laughs> there was a question in there about um, failing your family. And I found myself in this weird spot where I couldn't answer that question. You know, do you feel as if you failed your family? And then it has like not at all, all the way up to all the time. And I I looked at that and, you know, it just, I could not answer that question. It was a hard question. You know, after Brenna's passing and stuff, did I do enough there? With the kids, am I doing enough there? With my mom, am I doing enough there? You know, how you can be just, and how you can get in this twist in your head. The devil loves to just twist. Now, granted, the devil isn't messing with me because he's got somebody else to mess with, but there's just the things that are in my head from the sins of this earth that run in your head. And so I was looking at this love, and Luann says, have I ever done anything to make you feel that way? And I said, no. She hadn't. But the love that she showed for me, rooted deep in love, I began to see that I probably have failed, but I'm human. And the great thing is, because I'm a child of God, I've been forgiven. And because I've been forgiven, I can go on in victory to move forward. And so I, I took me, it's amazing how some of these things take time. You know, you have to look at them and you have to assess them and no, just a minute, that's not from me. That's from the devil. That's, that's from the sin of this world trying to get me to get down on myself. And if I get down on myself, what happens? I don't love. The power that's in me lays dormant. It's like that stick of dynamite that I said we could play catch with all day. Drop it on the ground, kick it. Nothing's going to happen. And I don't want that. I want that power to work in me, and it has to be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. So I have to understand that if I have messed up, which I'm sure I have, (laughs) I'm not asking for any input there, but um, I want to know that I'm securely in the love of God, and he is ministering to me in that way. And so in the securely on love in verse 18, it says that you may have the power, dunamis, to be strong, to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, the devoted people, the experience of that love. Now, this is in, interesting because one of the things that he pointed out in his, in his book and that I've, I've seen in the past, there's no such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian. We've seen them, they're out there, was, I've got the revelation you poor folks just, you know. But we have people that run around and they have their own, I mean, I've, I've run into these guys um, where they're just, they're not going to pee under authority. They're not going to submit to anybody. 
they're going to be out there just running rampant and, and they're going to drop little bombs here and there. And sometimes it sounds good, but in the end, it has no love. Because if I truly love, I'm going to submit. So if I love the people of this church, I'm submitting myself to the pastors and I'm submitting myself to you in a way that allows Christ to work within us. See, I have, see submitting yourselves one to another, that's Ephesians uh, 5, or Ephesians 6, where they're talking about it, submitting yourselves one to another. We have to submit ourselves one to another. I can't do that if I don't love you. And you can't do that if you don't love me. So the way that we work together in the power, you know, there is so much power in this room right now. I mean, the Holy Ghost is, well, we learned last week about power and what is in you today. There's enough power in this room that if we truly loved one another and truly gathered together, there's really not much we couldn't do in the spirit to affect governments and to affect the people in our area. We've got this thing coming up uh, next week, the, okay, the evangelism group, the going out to give, uh, learn how to witness and share your love or share the Christ. How can you do that if you don't love? You know, if, if, I, if I don't love, I don't care. Go to hell. It's up to you. It's your free will. What kind of love is that? You know, yeah, I'm giving you free choice. <laughs> but honestly, do I care enough? Do you care enough? As we pray for next week, the ministry that's going to come together and then the going out into the community, do we love? So that that power that is in you to walk up to somebody and and whatever God puts on your heart to say to that person, would you like to know Jesus? Could I pray for you? Do you have that love in your heart to do that? I, I have to admit, there's been times in my life, and I know I was, I was talking to a good friend of mine, Chuck, one day I said, you know, I get to a point sometimes when I'm talking to people, and they're always like this, that I just want to go, I'm done. I mean, that's love, right? done um, but what is that that's selfishness if I'm selfish because you rejected me we understand we should understand that somebody rejects Christ they're rejecting him they're not rejecting you but we take it personal and we get to this place where I'm just not going I'm not going to waste my time here anymore now there are times and seasons when the Lord might say move off for a while because actually you're not the person to minister to him. But seeds have been sown. But you have to do it in love. That's how the power of God is going to work in life. You can't be a Lone Ranger Christian. That's one of the reasons why it's so nice to go out with other people and minister that way. You know, they, they had the group, the two-by-twos, you know, where they went out always because Scripture said he sent them out two-by-two. Two. Well, now we have to go out two-by-two. Two. We can't do three. can't do four. We've got to do two. But the idea is you strengthen one another and you love one another. 
and they see that love. Verse 19, it says that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, <clears throat> excuse me, may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Now, the interesting thing about that is I was looking for the scripture and it just happened to be in his book. So, verse 19, that you may come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being unto the fullness of God and may have the richest measure of divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Luke one thirty eight came out when Mary said to the angel, I am the handmaid of the Lord, let it be done unto me according to what you have said. How many of us done that? have done that? I am your servant, Lord, let it be done unto me as you have said. I had to deal with that. You know, there's things I want to do, and maybe it's more the way I want to do them, because I have a way I like to do things. But that's not always the right way. And when Mary said, I am the handmaiden of the Lord, and I began to think, well, I am the servant of the Lord. If I am the servant of the Lord, be unto me according to your word. And here we see according to the word that we are filled through all our being with the fullness of God. Be it done unto me, Father, according to your word. I just, I just looked at that and I was like, wow. Father, forgive me. Because it's been too often that I don't treat myself as the servant of the Lord. I treat myself as, I'm going to do it my way. And my way, you know the old saying, you know, do it my way or the highway, you know? Well, I've been on the highway way too many times. <laughs> my, my way does not work all that well. So I was looking and I was praying about this. And I said, Lord, how do I get to that place? Well, that power that is in me, the inherent power that is in me, and the ruling power that is in me by the Holy Ghost, if I allow that love to come out this way, then I want to be his servant. And if I want to be his servant, then I want to serve you. So how do I do that? What do you need? It isn't what can I give you, it's what do you need. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I was just sitting on this thing and I was just, oh Lord. Verse 18, it says, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height. Have you folks ever wondered what all that came about? I did. I had the hardest time trying to figure out what, why are we doing geometry? You know, what, what's all this geometry stuff? So as I was looking, width or breadth whichever version you're using, refers to storage space. 
So I thought that was interesting. Now Bob Yandian put in there, he says, it refers to all the categories of the word of God. Go for the entire width of the word of God. Don't get off on a tangent. Now some people get off on a tangent. Um, and this, this happened, okay, this, this is serious. We were going to a Benny Hinn uh, meeting in uh, Oregon. And on the way to the Benny Hinn, they play Benny Hinn videos on the bus while you're traveling, right? Part of it is to start to build your faith for what's going to happen. So this guy, and I believe this is on the way to the meeting, he started, he started ministering about uh, healing, and then he says, you know, if there's anybody here that wants, wants the gift of healing in the ear, come on up to the front. Now he's getting a little wrapped up with what he's doing. So it's like not to be healed, but to have the gift of healing in the ear. Now, I don't find that in the scriptures. There's nothing there about get the gift of healing in the right ear or the left heel. There's the gifts of healing, right? And I was starting to get a little wrapped up about this. I don't like bus trips anyway. I really dislike them. But we're on this bus, <clears throat> we're trapped, and this little gal, <laughs> hmm? <laughs> this, this little gal, she was a missionary's wife, and he'd passed away. And she was going to this meeting. She got up and she says, you know, just son, you know. <laughs> you could see the love in her. She just wanted to correct him and settle it for the people that were going. Because not everybody there understood the gifts of healing as listed in the Bible. They just, they just heard this guy who was ministering say, you get the gift of healing in the right ear. So she just ministered patiently. And I, I had to sit back and think, now that's the way to minister. She loved this man enough to go up there and Son, can I have the mic for a minute? And she began to speak. And she began to bring back the scriptures. Not just, and the, and the young man, he just kind of like, wow, I'm sorry. He says, you're, you're right. That love was so important in that. He got off on a tangent and that love brought him back. Length has to do with time orientation. So that has to do with where we are in the dispensations. So we've been studying on Wednesday nights, we've been studying uh, understanding the end times. And in the dispensations, we know we're in the dispensation of grace, we're in the dispensation of the church age, we're on the age just before Jesus returns. So what is this link? It has to do with time orientation where you're at. So what does that mean? Why, why would I care about that? Well, where are you spending your time in the scriptures? I begin to think about that. See, you can spend time in the Old Testament, and there's, you know, there's really nothing wrong with spending time in the Old Testament, but that's not where we live. We live here now under grace. 
We live here now where everyone in here is a priest of the Most High God. Everyone here has the Holy Ghost. When you're born again, you got the Holy Ghost. Everyone here has the opportunity to be baptized in the Holy Ghost with signs and wonders following. Right? That's now. See, people can spend time in the Old Testament and they can look in there and they can see where this happened here. Well, that, I, I need to do it that way. No. Well, no, it happened this way this time. But that's not how God is. We are here now and the Spirit of God gives us direction. Uh, I know in our altar care group, the uh, last time we met, we worked on the gifts of healing. And one of the things I said, you know, uh, <sighs> People like to find a scripture on healing and stick with it. Um, one gal brought up the anointing with oil. So in other words, you have to anoint every person in the world with oil that you can pray for for healing. What do you do if you don't have oil? Well, we need to lay people out and let your shadow pass over them. No, no. It's not what God said in that case. People get into, they get into this tangent and as they, look, they look at this length of time and they try to put us back in the Old Testament. There are good things in the Old Testament and if you look at it pointing to Christ, you're looking at it in the right way. The Old Testament is always pointing us to Christ. He's always pointing us to this day. We, uh, Reverend Bob Yandian talked about the mystery. All that mystery in the Old Testament is now revealed in us. Not just to us, but in us. We're in, we're in an awesome time. We are. I mean, you can look out and you can see all the junk that's going on in the world. And you know what? I'm in an awesome time. Christ is coming. He is coming. And I want to be here when he gets here. <laughs> Okay, we know where we're at in the dispensations. We're under grace. We are now in the church age. And we have that Holy Ghost inside us to move forward. Height refers to our attitude towards God. So what is your attitude towards God? You know, every one of us has to decide what that is. What's my attitude towards God? That affects a lot of things in our life. Uh, I was just... I was amazed when I began to think about this. You know, if, you're in, if you want healing, what's your attitude towards God? If you need prosperity, what's your attitude towards God? If you need friends, what's your attitude towards God? I mean, is he just the, the candy man? Or is he God the Father who wants the best for you and for the people around you? What is our attitude toward him? Sometimes my attitude towards God is pretty stinky. I know my attitude towards my earthly father at times was pretty stinky. I remember running out the door one time because, well, I just slammed the door behind me. I'm like, that ain't my dad. <laughs> just, you know, it never changed anything, but my attitude sucked. Can I say that? <laughs> okay. 
But honestly, it did. And so my attitude towards my dad, and really what I needed to do is go to him and ask for forgiveness. But in that time in my life, I didn't understand forgiveness. But now I do. And so when my attitude towards my father is stinky, I go to him and I say, Father, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Let's go on. And he says, okay, son. And I'm always encouraged by the... the um, the parable of the uh, um, wayward son. He was always looking. You know, a lot of people don't, I don't think they understand, but when it says that he saw him afar off, it wasn't like he glanced. He didn't just glance and say, oh, there he is. He was looking. He was waiting for that day when his son came back. And then depth refers to our attitude towards people. So what's my attitude towards you? What's your attitude towards me? Sometimes we have pretty stinky attitudes towards one another, you know? One of the things that all churches have is they have volunteers. I don't like volunteers. I like workers. There's a difference. But we have volunteers, and see, sometimes volunteers, because they're volunteers, they volunteer not to show up. Preach, preach, preach brother. <laughs> but they do, they volunteer not to show up, or they volunteer to show up the way they want to show up. Um, they want to, well, you know, volunteers. I was one once. But the attitude towards people, all this stems from the love of God in our heart that we are filled and flooded with God himself. So our attitude towards God, our attitude towards people, all have to do with love. Now Luke 10.27 says, he was talking to a, a young Pharisee and, and he asked him, well, what, is the, what does the word say? And the kid says, well, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Enjoy active, blessed, endless life in the kingdom of God. And I read that and I'm like, Wow. All. And then loving, loving my neighbor as myself. You know, a lot of people have, and, and I've had this problem, but it's like, how do you love yourself? You know? I, I've seen, um, there's a lot of worldly things out there where they draw these charts and they say, and all of this is where your self-love comes from. And they take it in the wrong direction. You know, it's like you're supposed to pamper yourself and, you know, pander to yourself. But self-love, to me, is just understanding who I am in Christ and knowing his love for me allows me to love myself. When I get back to that that mental health uh, survey they took, I had to, when I talked to after I had to learn that I wasn't really loving myself. I was, and by not loving myself, I was putting myself down. Now, there's a good putting yourself down. I submit myself to the Father. 
But when you put yourself down the way the devil wants you to put yourself down, you start thinking of how worthless you are, about how many times you may have missed something, about how many times you have done something wrong. But I had to come to that place where that love, that power, that's in me. It's in you. The two Sundays now, we're talking power. And I just, I really couldn't get away from it. And I just, because he mentions it twice in, in his prayers here. He mentions it in both, in both prayers. He mentions about this power. And you know, when God puts something down, what, what's that word? You know, if, if you hear something by, if somebody says something more than once, you know, it's going to be on the test. There's a test. We all have a test. And we have a test in this power that is in us to change ourselves to help change others. Um, have you ever watched TED Talks? You know, I've seen a couple of them. Some of them have been pretty good. Some, but they always get up there and they're trying to influence people in a way get where I'm going here. But they're trying to, to present an argument about how things should be. And they're trying to address your mental right here, right? So pollution, big thing. Uh, the green movement, big thing. So everything they do now is they're talking about green. We look at it and they give you all the facts about how bad things are but they always stress that bad side. They don't stress the whole thing. In us, we have an ability to... <clears throat> I want to make sure I'm going where the Lord wants me to go on this. We want to make sure that we are doing as God has called us to do. And that power in us is for that purpose. That's where I wanted to be. So when we're in that place where we're doing what God has called us to do, then that power works perfectly, right? One of the things that um, they talked about, you know, when you plug in a light switch, if you plug in a 220 to a 110 outlet, what happens? You know, biggest, it's bad things. Big explosion. But when you plug in the right thing, a 220 outlet to a 220 piece of equipment, good things happen, right? That's what's going on in you. You've got the power in you to plug in. To plug in and to make things happen in your life and the life of others. That power is there for a reason. And the problem we run into as human beings is we don't think we have the power or we're too afraid to use it or we don't care. And that hurts. That hurts the father. Have you ever, have you ever given somebody a gift and they just kind of, oh, that's nice. You know? I mean, I, you see little kids do that. You know, oh, yeah, oh, there's a new one. Ah. But that gift that is in us, that power that is in us, if we don't truly appreciate what was accomplished at the cross, 
You know, when, when Jesus went and suffered and died for us so that we would not have to, God identified without putting us in hell, by faith he identified us with him in hell. And then when he raised him up through the power that was in him, he identified us as being raised up. And then he put that power in us by the Holy Ghost. And sometimes we're just like, oh, that's nice. We're, we're guilty of that. I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of tossing love aside. I'm guilty of tossing power aside. I'm guilty of tossing truth aside. I'm guilty of tossing, I'm guilty of tossing people aside. Because I didn't truly appreciate what God did for me and put in me. And by that, things don't work in me. Love is the catalyst to the power that is in us. I was, I was thinking how, how to explain, you know, so faith is given to us, right? Right? The scripture says that faith is not yours, but it's a gift of God, lest any man should boast, right? So, I have faith. Nothing of my own. He just gave it to me. And we all have the measure of faith. Because nobody can boast that I have more faith than you or you have more faith than me. God gave us the measure of faith. So love, faith works by love. So faith is in here. The inherent power of God is in here. The dunamis power of God is in here. But there's a problem. So on these lights... There's a switch. On one side of that switch is power. On this side is effect. And there's a switch. And that switch is called believing. You know, a lot of people take faith and belief and they say, well, they're interchangeable. And and to a degree they are. But he didn't give me the gift of belief. He gave me the gift of faith. So if I have the gift of faith and the power of God is in me and the love of God is in me, what do I have to do? I have to believe. Which means I have to flip the switch. I'm the one that has to believe that what God did for me was enough. I'm the one that has to believe that what God has called me to do is the right thing. I have to believe that God is going to lead me by his Holy Spirit And we are going to do the things that he's called me to do. But I'm the one that has to believe. You're the ones that have to believe. Healing is a big thing. You have the faith and the power in your body, in your spirit, to heal your body now. Do you believe it? Are you flipping the switch? Or are you leaving it off? I still hurt. Well, did you flip on the switch and say, Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, what am I supposed to do? You know, when Jesus spit on the ground and made mud and put it on the guy's eyes, that isn't something he just came up with out of the blue. I think I'll do that. No. Holy Spirit told him. Why did he tell him that? 
that guy needed, for some reason, needed to feel that. Needed to have that happen. Or somebody around there, it doesn't tell us, but somebody around there had to see something happen here that he could see. Why did he stick his fingers in the other guy's ears? Because the Holy Spirit told him to. And he could hear. What has God told you to do? But you've got to flip the switch. You're the one that flips the switch. I have to flip the switch in my life. You can't flip it for me. I can't flip it for you. I can talk to you. I can bring scriptures to you. You can say, wow, that's great. That builds my faith. Did it? Did you flip the switch? How do you build your faith? You thought about that? It says build up yourself in your most holy faith. How do you do that? There's only one way you can do it is you have to exercise it. Click. Father, what should I do? I'm not feeling well today. Go talk to your wife and have her lay hands on you. Really? Does she have enough faith? (laughs) No, what did he tell me to do? Now, what's the next thing you have to do? You flip the switch, what are you going to have to do? You have to act. If he tells me to go talk to my wife and have her lay hands on me, I need to go to her and say, Luann, Lord told me to come to you and have you lay hands on me because I am not feeling good. Now, does she know what to do right then? No. But as the Holy Ghost gives utterance and she lays hands on me, and begins to pray in the spirit and in her understanding, the healing comes. And our faith is built. So then the next thing comes along. And Lord, what do I do? Well, I need you to give money into this so you have seed in the ground so that you can reap a harvest. Luann, I was praying about this. The Lord said we should give this money here that bears witness with me. I give the seed. I act. If we do these things, then the power of God works in us and through us to affect our lives and the lives of others. Why am I supposed to have money? To the furtherance of the gospel. If I do it in the furtherance of the gospel, he takes care of me. But if I listen to him and do it right, then I'm doing the will of the Father. If I got on a tangent there, I'm sorry, but it just... (laughs) God wants us to mature in these dimensions, all areas of the Christian life. He wants us to mature. He wants you to mature in your faith. He wants you to mature in your believing. He wants you to mature in your acting. He wants you to mature in the word. He wants you to mature in the portion of the word for our time period, the church age. Again, as I said, it's important to know the things that happened in the past, but remember that they are pointing to Jesus. That's the important thing. Number three, to mature in our love relationship with the Father God. 
That is so important. Love is so important. I mean, if you have a love relationship with the Father God, you talk to him, right? And you listen to him. Number four, our love relationship with our fellow believers in the body of Christ. He wants us to mature in those areas. If we mature in those areas, then the power of God that is in us will flow out to do good. It will flow out to do good. People will get born again. People will get healed. People will become prosperous and understand the giving into the kingdom. But only if we love. It doesn't say only if we care. It's only if we love. Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. Father, we give you praise. So thankful. So thankful, Father God, that you first loved us. I'm so thankful that you gave us the gift of faith. I'm so thankful, Father God, that your son came and revealed this to us. I'm so thankful, Father God, that your spirit indwells us. Father, we just love you. And we want to hear from you. And we want to do your will. We want to be good servants. We don't want to be volunteers. We want to be servants. To your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.